T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Mets, for the first time in 15 years, are champions of the National League. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, yeah. A little bit after 8.30 on The Fan Friday night. Keith McPherson checking right back in and joining me, Frank Isola, Frankie Ice. You guys know who he is, obviously, right? If you watch basketball and you're in New York City, I feel like there's no way you can't know this guy. What's up, Frank? Keith, what's up? Is James Dolan still sitting next to you? Is he still in the hey, studio yo. right now? You should, <laughs> First you should off. ask him some net questions. <laughs> First off, I was roasting him last night at like 1, 2 in the morning when I was on. Did not know that he was going to physically be in here today with Carton and Roberts. I listened to that, and I feel like he redeemed himself some because the like Fox Five, the Fox Five videos online were not very becoming. They were actually very cringy, and uh, he came off differently on the radio. What did you think? I'm assuming you heard the interview. I said I heard some of it. I mean, I you know I first did an interview with him. My lord, it might be all the way back in I think the summer of 2000 on a golf course in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Alan Houston had a charity golf event, and it was the summer where Alan Houston was going to sign a huge contract. So I went down there. I spent some time with Jim Dolan. So I had been around him for a long time in, you know, before everything really blew up. You know, it's 2000, they made the Eastern Conference Finals. It was only like a couple of months after that. Uh, they've only won, uh, <coughs> excuse me, they've only won one playoff series, uh, since then. So it's, so it's been a while. You know, it's funny. The one thing, the only thing I would say about the facial recognition, it kind of made it seem like he do, he wants it because he doesn't want fans coming up to him and yelling at him, which is fine. But I don't know, like there was that ugly scene of the uh, Ranger fan knocking out the fan of the yep. Tampa Bay Lightning last year. I mean, is that guy banned? And he's, yeah, that guy definitely should be banned. Well. You know, it comes off super insecure to have the owner talking about like himself and using that technology. You just mentioned exactly what it should be used for. Like if you come in this building and you don't know how to act, you're never allowed in again, and you're not. everybody. Yeah. So if you're, you're so if you're sitting in the upper deck, and some guy for no reason punch you in the back of the head a couple of times, I would hope the next time that that person no, no. He comes said, in, he said he on said, WFAN, if you're all the way up in the top, whatever. Like we're not going to hear you, we're not going to see you. It's uh, for people it, that... it, it, that's exactly what I took from it. It's really just about protecting him, which again, he's allowed to do that. But he basically told. Any other fan, if you're getting assaulted, well, it's kind of uh, game on for you. You get to 
You'd have to defend yourself. I have, no, I have nothing to do with that. The facial technology is basically to, to protect him. And again, he owns a building. He could uh, do whatever he wants, but to try to spin it as anything other than that, it was a little silly. Yeah, I mean, I, I took the explanation. It sounded a little better on radio than it came off on TV, but whatever. Well, he also, well, Keith, Keith, he also had practice because, I mean, there's, yeah. they obviously go over this stuff, and then he, this, the trial run was on with Rosanna Scotto on Channel 5, and then obviously they probably felt like they wanted to clean stuff up. He's not going on, nothing against uh, Craig Carton and Evan Roberts, he's not going on with them because he thinks they're terrific guys. He's going on there because they probably think, ah, it didn't come across as well as we wanted it to. And what happens too with Jim Dolan, when you spend time around him, like in a casual setting, he's, he's fine. He could be pretty funny. And in those kind of settings where it's, it's hard to really defend what he's doing, so really it's not going to come across well uh, anyway. But I think he wanted to give himself a second chance to kind of uh, explain what's going on over there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the guy just seems like he does a lot of thinking about things and uh, uh, trying to... Really? You know, you know what <laughs> they should think about? Here's, here's, what, here's what I would think about if you really cared about the fans. Think about, like, winning a little bit more. That's the thing. Maybe <laughs> think about having stability in the organization because here's the deal. Everything that's gone on, it's not the fans who might be screaming sell the team or it's not the media that might write really mean things. It's It's been, you know, since 2000, only one playoff series victory. That's not on the fans. That's that's not on the media. I always think, too, you know, it's funny. There's a bunch of American owners that own teams in the Premier League. Um, you know, Stan Kroenke owns the Nuggets and the Avalanche and the Rams. He owns Arsenal. And then you have the guys, the Glazers, they own Manchester United. And whenever those teams do poorly, the fans go crazy. They hold protests outside the stadium. They'll get somebody in a plane. They'll fly over and tell them to sell the team. But I keep thinking, can you imagine, you know, if Jim Dolan gets mad at one fan holding up a sign saying sell the team, can you imagine if he owned one of these Premier League teams in England where, like, you know, the, the fans organize protests and they get, like, 20,000 people to show up? It would be uh, nah, that, nah, the facial technician, the facial facial recognition technology would be working overboard or overtime, I should say, uh, at games if, if he owned a team over there. Yeah, he's king of his castle in the, in the middle of Manhattan, and he's ruling over that place however he wants. And what I thought was that, you know, him being with Craig and Evan, they made him more, like, human, more personable. When you saw him on TV, it's like, this guy is a billionaire, and he's coming off very insecure. And, like, he had a printout of, you know, this uh, attorney or the guy that's from the SLA. He had his number and his email and his picture printed out. Like, come on, bro. Like, who's doing that if you're a billionaire? Like, you're stooping to that level. But whatever. It is what well, it is. Well, he always – and he also – he likes to fight. That's always been his thing. When you have the money and you have the attorneys, you could do something like that. For him to go and conduct interviews because he doesn't normally do it, he doesn't like doing it, it tells you that he he's going to fight this thing. So, you know, you have – uh, politicians coming after him now, so he he's going to show you that he's going to fight back. Remember, you know, I looked up; it was 15 years ago when Anuka Brown Saunders had the um, sexual harassment lawsuit against the Garden, and they could have settled out of court, and really it would have kind of gone away pretty quietly. And, and that's what he was being advised to do, even by attorneys and people close to him. And he wanted to take it to trial, and then you know his deposition was played, and it wasn't a flattering image of him. You know, Isaiah Thomas was the last thing that Isaiah Thomas wanted to do was get on a, a witness stand. He had to do that. Stephon Marbury had to do that. It just was a – it really uh, put a dark cloud over the garden. And when all of a sudden was done, 
they ended up paying out a you know close to twelve million dollar. I think that was that was the jury ruled in favor of the plaintiff, and then there was a out of court settlement. But the out of court settlement was a, like reports are close to twelve million dollars. Yeah, and like now that you're saying that, I remember that, and I don't even want to go through some of the other sketchy things that this guy has on his resume being the owner of the Knicks and the Rangers. I'm watching the Rangers right now. There's people in there drinking beers. I don't think he's ever really going to do the thing he said about having a night where they're not selling uh, you know, liquor in the place. But let's talk about the Knicks now, right? Uh, the Knicks are coming off their biggest win of the year, in my opinion, knocking off the Celtics in the TD Garden. And Julius Randle seems like it's automatic for him to drop 30. Uh, Jalen Brunson, these guys have played enough games where they're in a little bit of a flow now. They're relatively healthy. Obviously, Mitchell Robinson is out, but you know they they have R.J. Barrett back, um, and then you're you're getting guys like Jericho Sims and Quentin Grimes. Like you're getting contributions from IQ and other guys. Like their squad is kind of coming together right now, um, but they've obviously had some letdowns in the fourth quarter, lost games, lost multiple games in a row, and uh, they're leading you know into this uh, or they're going into this Nets matchup rivalry week. And I think they're feeling pretty good about themselves. Let's talk about the Knicks and, like, what you're seeing. Who's standing out yeah. to you? And, uh, you know, what are you thinking about this team now? You know, even Jim Dolan, he he gave uh, credit to Leon Rose. They asked him about not getting Donovan Mitchell. And he said himself he expects them to be a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, well, number one, I feel good if I were the Knicks because I'm going into tomorrow's game against the Nets knowing I'm going to face Kevin Durant. Yeah. So that's going to make things a lot easier for the coaching staff and the players. Uh, you know, I, I always thought that Tom Thibodeau would be a, would do a good job there. You know, his attention to detail is what it is. I mean, if you if you look at Tom's uh, career, you know, when he was in Chicago, Derrick Rose, the youngest MVP in league history. Uh, Joe Kinnola became an All Star for the first time there. I believe the same with Jimmy Butler when he was in uh, Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns became an All Star for the first time. It's a very good, Julius Randle did in New York. A very good chance that Jalen Brunson could make it as well. I think early on. You know, their talent isn't great, and you know you do have guys on the team like Derrick Rose and Evan Fournier, guys that have accomplished a lot in the league, especially in the case of um, Derrick Rose, where it's a tough decision a lot of times for the coach to make that call to say, you know what, you guys aren't going to be part of the rotation, but that's why the coach gets paid the big bucks. So I think it took him some time to sort out the rotation. You do have, you know, you're bringing in a brand new point guard. I thought, I mean, I'm somewhat biased because I know him and I like him. Jalen Brunson, so I thought he was going to be good. I think for a lot of people, he's probably exceeded expectations. He brings, you know, it's like having an adult, like, running your team. He's just, he's very smart. He's all about winning. He's he's about, you know, trying to make the players around him better. He, you know, he'll be a coach. I mean, maybe he'll make so much money that he won't need, need it, but he loves basketball so much I could see him being a coach one day. And I think just having him there and knowing that Tom is known Jalen, since he was a kid, because Tom has a very close relationship with Rick Brunson, you know, dating back years. You know, so they're, you know, they're really in line. And you know this, it's kind of like football. When the head coach and the quarterback are on the same page and really connected, it, it trickles down to a lot of players. But i got to give Julius Randle a lot of credit. He didn't play well last year. A lot of people are thinking, man, they got to get rid of this guy. But Julius Randle, you know, he, he makes quicker decisions with the ball. I know sometimes he gets a little dribble happy, but, you know, he's he's really played well this year. And the Knicks are good. I mean, you, you tell me. You look at the Eastern Conference. When if everyone's healthy, you know the Bucks have better talent. The Boston Celtics have better talent. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers have better talent. I would say the Miami Heat have better talent. The Brooklyn Nets do. But there's a lot of really good teams in the Eastern Conference, and I think they've done a really good, more than a good job, keeping their head above water. 
Yeah, I have to agree. Like, I'm watching the Knicks, and, and what I've been saying about them all year is, like, they build up some goodwill, and then they erase it, right? They they do something good, and then they, they lose a couple games. Or you think that they're, you know, uh, on to something, and then, like, the Luka game happens, and it's like, oh, same old Knicks. But, yeah. you know, uh, old habits are hard to break, and the same old Knicks curse is, is hard to shake. Like, they're trying yeah. to be uh, a good team. They're trying to become a competitive team. And like you said, in the East, right now they're they're seventh. Yeah. I think they're going to remain around like six, seven, eight. And uh, if they don't make the playoffs, I still expect them to be in the play-in. Yeah, no, I know. Th- I think they'll be able to do that. You know, assuming everyone stays healthy. And you know how it works. I mean, I think you know, the two teams that you look at in both conferences that have kind of that have been a disappointment in terms of the record early on were both Golden State and Miami. So you know, Miami just you know that's a well-coached team. They have good players. You know, I always expected them to turn around. We'll see what happens with the Warriors. But for the most part, you know, you look around the league, except for Boston and except for, you know, Denver and I guess Memphis as well, you know, all these teams are are kind of in the same boat. And it's weird because I think, you know, load management has a lot to do with it. I mean, look at the Clippers, how many games uh, Paul George, I'm not saying they haven't had legitimate injuries. Same thing with Kawhi Leonard. But, you know, they missed a lot of games. The the Clippers were struggling. All of a sudden they get those guys playing and it's a much different team. Mm -hmm. But I just think, for the New York Knicks, you know, I agree with you. Like when, if you're just looking at the Knicks and you're looking at the results and they're kind of an up and down team, but that seems to be just about everybody in the league. Denver's not like that because they probably have a guy who's going to win the MVP again in Nikola Jokic. You know, Milwaukee struggled because Chris Middleton had missed a ton of time at the start. They played seven games and got hurt again. So every team in the league um, has issues. So like the up and down nature of the next season, is kind of indicative of how just about every team in the NBA has been. Yeah. And the trade deadline is coming up and I know there's been some talk about them trying to move Cam Reddish. Also some talk about them trying to get OG Ananobi. Like, uh, I don't know. I feel like if they make a move here, that could potentially put them more to the top of the East. And when, you know, they're feeling themselves right now after beating the Celtics. And I think Julius Randall said something along the lines of like, you know, we could we could lose to anybody, we could beat anybody, but if you get one more guy, you know, maybe that puts them over the top. I, and I think that would yeah. be on, you know, Leon Rose and these guys to wheel and deal and do. And I don't know if they're necessarily going to do that. I still, for the life of me, can't understand what their draft plan was, like what they were going into the NBA draft trying think, to accomplish. Yeah, I think they thought they were probably going to get Donovan Mitchell. I don't think that they thought that, uh, Cleveland was going to be a real player in that, so that was probably a miscalculation on their part. I also think, you know, the one thing with Cleveland, I do a you know, the radio show on Sirius in the Morning with Brian Scalabrini, and he obviously knows Danny Ainge mm-hmm. very well. And he can, you know, when the trade was made, and, you know, people were talking, well, did the Knicks offer this, they offer that? And his big thing always was that Danny Ainge really valued Lowry Markin and more than he valued R.J. Barrett. And, and Danny Ainge is a pretty good judge of uh, judge of talent. He doesn't get it right all the time, but I mean, look at the Celtic team that he put together; is pretty good. And Markinen is probably going to be an All Star this year. And you know, so Danny Ainge was onto something. Larry Markinen is really coming into his own. So maybe it did come down to that. Maybe it just came down to something as simple as uh, Danny Ainge felt that uh, Markinen was a better asset than R.J. Barrett. Maybe he, maybe the Knicks weren't going to give up all the first round picks that they had. But I think the combination of – because of Mitchell Robinson, and I was wrong about this at the start. I said, ah, well, you know, I mean, it would be a small backcourt. But I think Mitchell Robinson would have helped a lot, much like Jared Allen helps Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland in Cleveland. So I think 
I mean, Donovan Mitchell has played so well. And now you think about it, can you imagine Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson again? Man, that, that would be lights out. Yeah, now I'm only going to keep you for a couple more minutes. we got to talk Nets. I know we're the B team, but I'm a Nets fan. I'm from New Jersey. I rep Brooklyn. Uh, I do the Talking Nets podcast, and I've talked plenty of Nets on the fan. Uh, honestly, I think this is the Brooklyn Nets time where they actually lose. Like the losing, like the winning streak is up to eight, and that's a that's a long streak to have in a rivalry. That's dominance. That's three years. But uh, without KD, and obviously what we saw of the Nets last night, I was disgusted. I mean, it's the Pistons. Uh, but it's the second half of a back-to-back, and I actually I cracked up watching you on Yes at the halftime talking about like Ben Simmons right away, like that 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 hook shot that he attempted in the paint and it came up like two feet short. Yeah, he's the most frustrating guy to watch ever. I didn't want the Nets to default into trading for him and taking on this headache, but here he is, and he goes out of that game last night. He he gets like his eye grazed. Like I, I think everybody that has played basketball has been poked in the eye before. He walks off, and I just had a feeling he's not going to return. Yep. And then and then they say it's left knee soreness, and I don't expect him to play tomorrow because he's ducking smoke. He does not want to be on that floor with the Knicks and the Nets, Battle of the Burrows, all of New York watching. And uh, I don't, I just don't see how the Nets win. Now, obviously, Nick Claxton has emerged. He's playing great. He's getting his respect, and he's looking like the Nets have wanted him to look. Kyrie Irving goes from dropping 30 to 40. He'll have to drop 50 to probably beat the Knicks. But uh, in this matchup coming up, you know, what are, what are you expecting to see? I just think the, the Knicks are coming off a Celtics win. And, uh, you know, now Jalen Brunson steps into this rivalry and they come to Brooklyn and their fans are going to be fired up to come into Barclays Center. And uh, I'm not feeling too confident about the game. They'll, the Nets will probably find a way to win. That's how it'll go, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, a couple of things. First of all, where in New Jersey are you from? I'm from from Monmouth County. Yeah, of course. I'm from the shore. Uh, Look at you. I'm living a life. Uh, I mean, you know this from watching uh, the Nets and paying close attention to it. You look at the way Ben Simmons was playing when Kevin Durant was out there. He wants to be a role player. And I think he could kind of be a role player in the vein of Draymond Green, where he's not, you know, where he should be hovering around, even though he should be scoring more than this. But let's just say 10 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. And he was kind of doing that. When Kevin Durant played, I think the problem with Ben Simmons, once that kind of security blanket of Kevin Durant left, he, he it's not in his head like, I got to do more offensively. Now, he did in the third quarter against Philadelphia, which led me to believe that something must have happened at halftime of that game. I don't even think he took a shot in the first half against Philadelphia. And all of a sudden, in the third quarter, he had 10 They points. laid into him. They told him, they said, Ben, they, we're, we're on your floor. This is Philadelphia. They're all yep. looking at you. Do something, bro. Yeah. And you could hear it kind of in Jock Bowen's voice after the game against Philly after the game last night uh, that they lost to Detroit. So it's disappointing. Uh, you know, if he's healthy enough, I hope I hope he's out there playing. But when he did walk off the court, I turned to Chris Sheeran, who's the, you know, the host of the uh, pre- and post-game show Chris. on Yes last Tell night. Chris I and said, I said, what's up? <laughs> I will. I said, I said, I got a funny feeling that's going to be sore, left me soreness and not going to return. Sure enough, that's uh, what it was. But the one thing about the, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving, you know, who's playing for a contract, has been off the charts good. And come on, Keith, last night he he rested 41 seconds in the second half. He played the entire second half. And it's not just offense, because we all know that Kyrie Irving is a brilliant offensive player. He's getting after it defensively, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did a great job, like weak side help on Joel Embiid. So Kyrie's been terrific. And then really the biggest revelation of this Brooklyn season has been the play of Nick Claxton. He's been, I mean, on both ends of the court, he's incredibly confident. 
know, Joel Embiid and Montrezl Harrell tried to punk him the other night. They tried to talk, you know what, to him, and he just stood there. He didn't. He didn't get thrown off his game. He didn't. He go quietly back talked him. back. He quietly said what he had but, to say. But, but that's exactly. That's but great. then he also did it in a way where he was productive, which is the which is really the best way to answer you. You know, listen, I could come up with some good one liners too to come back at you, but I still got. I still got to be able to perform. He had career highs three nights in a row scoring. Like he now was, he's he's looking like. It's easy to score, and it used to be a struggle. And even his his free throws are improving. He's finding it. Yeah, and that's 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 why I think you know the great thing you know when Kevin Durant got hurt against Miami, and I was doing the game that night. The fact that he stayed in for a couple of possessions, mm-hmm. I thought there's no way that this is season ending. And I you know everyone figured it would probably be two to four weeks, and I think we're coming up on three weeks now. But he's going to come back and. You know, Kevin Durant has played so well this season, regardless of all the nonsense that went on over the summer, which was all created by him. And I give the Nets a lot of credit for the way that they handled it. They just kept quiet. They said, sure, we'll trade you. We'll call Boston. Boston, give us a, give us Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. No. They went around to all the teams, asked for, you know, asked for the moon, which they shipped to Kevin Durant. They went back to Kevin Durant. We can't make a trade. Let's see. Let's just uh, play it out. And Kevin Durant, you knew, was going to give you unbelievable effort. I think the guy is an unbelievable leader on the court. He holds guys accountable. He plays defense. He passes out of double teams. He's unselfish. He's been great. So when he does come back, and you got Kyrie, and you got Nick Claxton, and you got Kevin Durant, that's two uh, all stars and an emerging all star in Nick Claxton. It's just going to be up to those role players like Seth Curry, who you can rely on, Royce O'Neal, who you can rely on, and they're going to need Ben Simmons. I'd also like to see them add maybe a backup uh, big man. But the, you know, Ben Simmons, Keith, I said it when they traded for him. He's never going to play with a better player than Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. So in, enjoy this while you can, and go out there, like go out there and excel with with Kevin Durant. He's the perfect teammate to have. And to be fair, Ben Simmons was really good when Kevin Durant was out there. Yeah, they need him. They all need him. Utah Watanabe, T.J. Warren, right. uh, they all need KD. He makes everybody better. Hey, thanks right. for joining us. Uh, last thing I wanted to leave you with, I don't know if. We've never actually met. I've never like shaken your hand. But I, I thought I no. I thought I, I, met, into you I, thought I met you at a game a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, it was before I was on the fan. I was recording and uh, I was calling you out. I was like, "He's a Knicks fan. He's a Knicks fan." And it was on video. I don't think I ever posted it, but that was me. <laughs> same same kid. I just was back then. I was vlogging and podcasting, and uh, you know, I was like Frank Isola. He's a Knicks fan in here, and you you said you were like, "I'm not a Knicks fan." <laughs> I think I think in by definition. You're harassing me the way that Jim Dolan talks about fans harassing him. So <laughs> yeah, but you, there's no come, face recognition if, technology if in Brooklyn. You, you, I can do it online. If you my house, if you come to my house, I might have my uh, puppy, uh, you know, chew on your uh, leg or something like that. <laughs> That's all good. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. All right, Keith, uh, you going to the game tomorrow night? No, uh, I, I don't want to see that one. We might the Nets might lose to the Knicks, and I don't want to be surrounded yeah, by Knicks fans I, in there and uh, taking an L. I've been to yeah, a bunch of wins. I've been to like three yeah. or four of the last eight wins. I think Kyrie and Jalen Brunson that could that could be a fun match. It should, I think it's going to be going to be a this, great game. Getting a day off, Jock Vaughn will give them a day to prepare. I think tomorrow night and they're rested. Tomorrow night should be a good game. Looking forward to it, and uh, like I said, tell Chris here and I said what's up. Keep crushing it on yes and doing your thing, man. Thanks, Keith. You too. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Frankie Ice, New York Hoops. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.